first of all, listen, uh, it's interesting about all these young guys today. They never call on us and say, hey, thanks for the kind word and tell me how great a player I am. But when they play like crap and we call them out, they, we don't know what we're talking about. Listen, I'm easy to find, but I get sick of these guys complaining. Uh, these young guys, they never call us and say, when a coach is wrong, I'm going to call him out. But when players are wrong, I'm going to call them out. But listen, I'm going to criticize guys that they deserve it. And listen, they can kiss my ass if they don't like it. What's going on, y'all? Nathan back with another video presentation. Hope you guys are all doing well. We're all staying safe. Welcome. Welcome to episode six, Big Nate Talk podcast. I do apologize if this video is a little late. Kind of a long, productive, but busy day. So I want to get this video out to y'all as soon as possible. Uh, I want to keep a couple things we're getting into tonight. Excuse me. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, Hall of Fame game, Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Dallas Cowboys. Um, continue to, with the NBA free, um, free agency updates, uh, Baltimore Raven updates. I'm also a couple people reached out to me about the WNBA. You haven't talked about that, so I'm going to get into that in a little in a, just a bit. Uh, Team USA basketball, and then we're going to close it out with Washington Capitals owner, Wizards owner, owner of Monumental Sports, Ted Leonis said some things about Russell Westbrook and kind of really brought up a conversation that needs to be had. But uh, with that being said, before we get into it, again, I do apologize. I did say in, episode, in the last episode that I was going to have these episodes up. I will have these episodes up with up for y'all tomorrow by tomorrow evening. If hopefully by tomorrow, sometime between tomorrow afternoon, they're already downloaded. I just have to upload them to Anchor so they'd be available on Spotify for y'all. So just be patient with me. Um, because mostly around along with Apple season two so far, we're off to a great start. But I just want to touch on this real quick. WNBA starts up August 15th. Uh, so for, for the people that have been asking me uh, how you need to talk about the WNBA, we got two games on the, on the 15th. We got the Sky and the Storm. And then Sunday, actually, we have three games. So really, every, everyone comes back, starts back Sunday. Uh, hopefully, if I'm playing my cards right, I think everybody, all the girls that are over at the Olympics, they should be back. Today's the 6th. They should be back around the 10th. Uh, because let me see, the Olympics actually closes. I think we are actually almost done with the Olympics. Yeah, it ends this Sunday. So we got two more days. So I know tomorrow the girls play. I know the men play France. And then we, and then the girls play Serbia. Which they're actually playing right now, uh, I, so I will try to I will catch that game as soon as this is over. So that recap and Team USA's men against France, that will also be uh, recapped in episode seven. So be on the lookout for that. Um, so I just wanted to just get that out there. So we're going to jump right in. It's football time, baby. 
Football time. Y'all remember Bone Crusher back in the day? They had a uh, remix on Madden 2004 of Bone Crusher. It's football time. <laughs> Shout out to Bone Crusher. But a um, couple of things that I kind of took away from it. I mean, for the most part, first and foremost, let me just say this. It was great to see the Hall of Fame class, Drew Peer, uh, Drew Pearson, it's about damn time he's in the Hall of Fame. Calvin Johnson, a couple of those guys, I got to see them. Um, but a couple of notes that I took away from the game tonight. Uh, Najee Harris made his preseason debut. He ran the ball seven times, picked up 22 yards. That was a six run as first on his first carry, six run yard. Uh, he had a three run, then he had a three yard catch to give Pittsburgh their first first down. Najee Harris to me is he's he is a north and south guy, so I'm kind of curious to see how that'll look. Set 17 games going in for sure. <laughs> Shout out to Bowl Crusher, exactly, Sean, exactly. Um, but we they had five runs because five consecutive runs on six yards. And Pittsburgh's second possession of the ball. But, I mean, the only thing I can say that was with Najee Harris was it's growing pains, and as you know, the season progresses, and, and as he progresses and matures as a player, it'll get better for sure. Uh, the offensive line. Now, the biggest thing, particularly with the Cowboys, Kendrick Green was starting, Dan Moore Jr., and yeah, that's four new starters for Dallas. Pittsburgh's offensive line did not allow a sack. Mason with Mason Rudolph on in the starting line. With him started. I think they, they did a great job clearing line, clearing, making opening running lanes for McFarland, who started, Najee Harris, and Kalen. Ballage, if I'm saying that right, who did get the four-yard touchdown, who gave the touchdown to make it 6-3, but then they missed the uh, extra point. Go figure. Haskins looked decent. Dwayne did look good out there. Um, also, my notes here, High Smith. Keep, now, I, I think he's going to be a good a little linebacker now that Buck Dupree's in Tennessee. Um, I like the sack he had on Gilbert, which forced him to set up for a field goal. That was good. Isaiah Bugs and Rico Dot Dottie on this on their next possession. Keep a lookout for Cassius. I have it right here. Cassius Marsh, Quincy Roche. I really think these are some these are some good talented brothers on this roster, and I think they could potentially. May have answered a few questions about Pittsburgh's outside pass rushing. Uh, Dwayne Haskins, eight of thirteen for fifty-four yards. He did lead this lead this Steelers in the first two scoring drives. Haskins did a good job taking care of the ball, um, which was a, to me a improvement from when he was the quarterback for the Washington Football Team, where he had three more interceptions and touchdowns. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, Josh Dobbs also came in there. 
Michael Parsons shine. Turner also had a big day. Yes, absolutely. Um, Josh Dobbs threw a five-yard touchdown pass to Tyler Simmons. But I, and I think that was good because I know he at this point I think he's the odd man out in my personal opinion because one of them they wanted to let one of them go between um, Rudolph Haskins and, and Dobbs and I think Dobbs is the man is the odd man out. Uh, Deontay Johnson was good. He had 19 yards. Uh, you got a guy here, Presley Harvin the third. Uh, he had a 48 yard punt return on. That was down at the has to right here at the Dallas Cowboys line, one yard line in the first half. Um another thing that took away that was not so great. I noticed the passing defense. I know without Steven Nelson, Mike Hilton, and Joe Hayden didn't play. Uh, they Garrett Cooper, no, Garrett Rush, not we Garrett Rush, Rush and Cooper. No, I'm sorry. Gilbert and Rush, excuse me, completed 17 over here, 17 to 26 attempts of 474 yards. Um, their secondary held, but it didn't, it didn't, it, it, it stayed in the game. I like the first two turnovers. The first one was a, a fumble recovery that was forced by what's his name? It was Justin Lane. And then there was a pick by Devon. Steiner, um, another thing I took away from the Pittsburgh side, Mason Rudolph. Uh, I don't know what it was. I think it was just a miscommunication. He tried to hand the ball to Clay, the, the, the Chase Claypool and fumbled the ball. <laughs> but his best play was the 45-yard um pass to Claypool. That was pretty good. And this, and again, like the other thing I noticed, the drops, like, I think that was Sean, Sean Spencer, who, who you know, watched the football, uh, can attest to this. That's what hurt them. Those last five games was the amount of drops. They, they got to work on that. And then again, also, too, uh, like kickers, like we shouldn't be missing extra points. I think the guy's name I have here, Sam Sloman. He missed a 49-yard, and then he re- but even he made up for a 48. But that, 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 that was pretty – that doesn't make any sense. Turner, yes, also had a big day. So uh, uh, these guys right here, Alex Highsmith, that's his name. Um for sure, man. Played really, really great on tonight's game. Played really good. I think, I think some guys are trying to make a name, a case to why they should be on the team. Uh, I like Isaiah Bugs and Cassius Marsh. I like him too. So I'm curious to see how Pittsburgh's that defense. That they might have something going there. That's what they're going there. But it was great for the. It was great to see the Hall of Fame game. Uh, it was great to see again some of the Hall of Fame guys there. Uh, like I said, Calvin Johnson. I feel bad for him. Uh, great player, in the Detroit Lions. You know him, Matt, Matthew Stafford, Barry Sanders. Just talents wasted. Peyton Manning, um, Charles Woodson, John Lynch, Alan Fanica. 
like I said, Drew Pearson, it was nice to see he got he got a new tattoo of him getting an all the fame the day he got in. So that was great. That was great. Happy for him. Um, but yeah, I, I it was kind of not not a, not a great. It was it was okay. I enjoyed it, uh, but it's just this is just this is the taste. We've been waiting, ladies and gentlemen. This is a small taste. Football's back. We'll also read. I just want to make put this note out. So I I will be sticking with the cover the WNBA and football, baseball. I'm gonna do my. I'm gonna cover all that and just continue just doing what I'm doing with this. So you know there may be a couple episodes where I'm talking about WNBA going in the training camp with the NBA. We're going in the postseason with baseball and basketball is going to be right around the corner in September. So, so it's all sort of come back a full circle, people. But we're going to stick with football. We're going to transition to an article. And I want to give Sean Spencer a shout out. He told me about this in the, in the conversation we had today. Uh, Kirk Cousins said some things. Um. This is an article by ESPN's staff writer, Courtney Crowen. Kirk Cousins vowed to follow the NFL COVID-19 protocol to avoid contracting the virus or being deemed a close contact ahead of players returning to practice Thursday after being activated off the reserve COVID-19 list. Cousins and quarterback Nate Stanley were subjected to the league's COVID-19 protocols as of Sunday after rookie Kellen Mond tested positive for the virus. Cousins and Stanley were deemed high-risk close contacts and had to isolate for five days before being eligible to return to practice. According to the NFL's NFL Players Association protocols, a high-risk close contact designates a player who is also unvaccinated. Cousins said he's had six negative tests since he was last with Mons on the July 30th and did not exhibit any symptoms of COVID-19. The veteran quarterback said the size of Minnesota's quarterbacks being in the rooms inside TCO performance series and it was the root of the issue. Quote, I've learned to come to, I've come to learn since we've been at home that the traces we wear actually show that I was not in close contact. As I understand, being in close contact is being within a certain number of feet. Cousins said. The challenge was the meeting room where we met in was deemed too small for us to have been in a room together. Even if we were in significantly apart from each other, since we moved to a different meeting room, as I understand it, had we met in a larger room, I would not have missed practice. Because I was in close contact as it deemed by actually being in contact. So it was disappointing to miss practice and in my entire college and pro career, I have not missed four practices. So to miss four practices in one week and not have COVID was frustrating and disappointing. Now, I want to play the video. Of where he talked about where he stands with the vaccination.
actually what I'll do is I will leave this in the description for y'all to see because we have been honestly and truthfully beating a dead horse with this and I feel like honestly and then he turned around and said he would rather surround himself with plexiglass than get the COVID-19 vaccine um The Vikings have the lowest vaccination rate in the NFL. The Vikings have been in the center of the COVID-19 debate in the NFL. Roughly 70% of the team's rosters have received at least one dose, one shot of the vaccine. Uh, Mike Zimmer, I talked about it. Only 0.00% of fully vaccinated individuals have experienced a breakthrough case of COVID-19 that required a hospitalization. <sighs> Uh, I mean, honestly and truthfully, like, he said that decision is personal and private. Again, like, we, we've been talking about this, you know, for I, now, I don't know how many times, like, I'm not going to tell people what to do with their choice, with their bodies. That's their choice. I, I just, I just encourage people to just, can, again, do the research, educate yourselves on it. You know, uh, unfortunately, like I said, uh, you know, it's not thing. You just got to think about those that you are you are around, and you know, think about this. You know, again, I've said it, where he had he he and two other quarterbacks had to sit out. I'm a, I'm a reference that Denver Bronco game. Now, suppose they couldn't play and had to forfeit that game, and that could have been a potential playoff game spot. Then what? So that's his choice. I, I respect it, and I'm going to back off. I'm going to transition into the Baltimore Ravens real quick. So a couple things I took away um, from getting updates with the Baltimore Ravens. The return of Tavon Young, Young is great, much needed. I'm just not a fan of the fact of that contract. Uh, I feel like we could go a little younger and a little cheaper. I mean, Tabor Young is a great nickel cornerback, but I mean, unfortunately, you know, just injuries just popped up through his year, uh, you know, just popped up here and there. You know, he had an ACL injury and then a neck injury, and then he tore another ACL last year, ACL again. So, I just, I just really appreciate, I really respect his faith in, in, in the Bible. I think that's important to in my, in my personal opinion. Uh, like I said, I just not, I'm not, I'm just a three, he's, he signed a three year deal, $25.8 million contract. I, uh, I'm kind of curious to see what he, what he's going to look like this season. So I feel like we're going to get, Tavon Young, the, the, we're going to get him back. Um, but other than that, I like I said, it's Adrian Early off his line. I was telling you about in the last episode. He could potentially be a guy on the team. 
I like that. Uh, the biggest things I'm still looking at is the pass rush. I feel like with Matthew Judon and Ngakwe not there, that gives more snaps for Bowser, Queen, Harrison, um, Justin Houston and the defense have been praising Adafi Anwa uh, out of Penn State. So I'm really curious to see what that looks like. Uh, Des Bryant, excuse me. He has said some things. about Greg Roman on Twitter. This was basically talking about what Greg Roman needs to do to make Lamar better. He's saying, well, this is Torrey Smith. Torrey Smith said, by the way, the Ravens, why Ravens look good. Facts. But Giro have to dial up players for Lamar. Ravens could easily be the most dominant team in the league. You shouldn't be able to cover any wilds because of Lamar in the run game, dot, dot, dot. Okay, and then uh, a Cleveland Brown fan had this had to be a Brown fan. So have you seen the upgraded Browns defense? Hashtag bring it. Yeah, but having someone like Lamar quarterback trumps everything. I would create 10 to 10 go-to plays, five running, five passing, Players like Lamar dictate the defense, and he shouldn't be able to dedicate to dictate to do his ability and the players around him. Interesting. Interesting. I agree. Like you know, and I, and I think again, like I, I look at it like this: it's hard to balance passing and running the ball. It's it's hard, ladies and gentlemen. You can't do both. One's going to have to give, but. I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to make Lamar uh, more of a passer than anything, in my opinion. So, Des Bryant, that was actually pretty good. Shout out to Des Bryant. Even I wish he was still here with the Ravens, but I, <clears throat> I understand. We're going to transition into the NFL. Just some quick NFL updates. Um, Peyton Manning said that Tom Brady's going to be attending the Hall of Fame and will see be sitting in his section at the Hall of Fame introduction. I think that's well respected. Uh, Deshaun Watson trades talk halted. The Texans are not returning teams' calls about Deshaun Watson with hopes that he will want to stay in Houston. Uh, this is Fox Sports. So I think that's a little suspect. See, the relationship's already severed. Okay, let's just let's just call it what it is. Okay, I think everything they did, the way they handled it, I think was disrespectful. I do. Then it's coming. Then all the then all since his time in Houston, never heard about any of this stuff. Then it comes out in the blue that he has these cases against him, and I just I just find it weird that. It happens when the man wants out because the team's not winning. 
and he's not returning Cal McNair or none of their phone calls or text messages. I, I just find that weird. But it's, it's just something about the the there's something about them that just rub just doesn't that just the nares, the neck the hairs in the back of my neck stand up. So I, I just feel like I don't, I don't know what you're trying to do. You're in Houston, Texas. You, you, now I feel like you're holding. Now you're holding not only the Sean Watson hostage, but you're holding the franchise hostage. So um, it was also announced during the halftime show uh, at the Hall of Fame game that that Jimmy Johnson will be inducted into the Cowboys Ring of Honor, well deserved. Uh, this is my personal opinion. Jimmy Johnson is one of the best coaches in the NFL. Uh, I didn't personally, I didn't get to see him coach. I think the last year he coached was, oh no, he coached the Dolphins from 96, 99, but I was five. So I caught him at the end of his career. Um, I feel like that was a. I just, I just feel like I think the way it, I, I just think kind of, I think it was more like to patch things up. I feel like when he left, I think it left a bad taste in his mouth and Jerry's mouth, and it was nice to see them kind of bury the hatchet. So that was good to know. Uh, the the Green Bay Packers have given Aaron Rodgers the request to request a trade after this year. So we'll see how that looks um, for sure. Elijah Moore has the names of receivers picked ahead of him written on his mirror. The Jets rookie who was drafted number 34, number 34 in the second round behind five other wide receivers says their names out loud twice a day. Hmm. Now, I, you got to forgive me because I, I, my, my memory is not the greatest sometimes. So we got Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith, Kadarius Tony, Rashard Bateman, Elijah Moore. Now, I will say this. If Rashard Bateman was not there, when he was available. Elijah Moore was my next wide receiver off my mock draft. I have nothing against Elijah Moore. Out of old Miss, I, I think system. I just don't I don't think he per, personally, I don't think he would fit Baltimore system. I just don't think he would. Now, I will say this. I thought Terrence Marshall 
would have been great, but unfortunately, injuries. <laughs> injuries. Um, which kind of sucks, but I understood it because you, you know when you when you draft a guy, you're you're drafting a guy to be part of the, the building a franchise now, and you don't want to draft someone that's in your point. That's what kind of hurt his stock going into the draft. So with that being said, we're going to transition away from basketball, I mean from football, to be into basketball. We're a little around the – we're going to recap some NFL news real quick. So the Washington Wizards, they signed their guy, Spencer Dinwiddie. He was part of a five – a five team, a five team trade, uh, which is like wow. Um, so now that from John Wall, Russell Westbrook, we got now Spencer Dinwiddie, Aaron Holiday, Kyle Kuzma, Montrez Harrell, Cartavius Carwell Pope, Tommy Shepard, without really making a dent in the Wizards. That's what I'm looking for. And in, in, in their future, he did actually pretty well. Um, but I think to really come up with a five trade, a five team trade, that's actually pretty damn good. Um, now, Chandler Hutchinson, we got some draft collateral back. We got a second round pick, second round pick swap for starting point guard, backup point guard, starting small forward, high minute, high high minute guard forward, and then probably a potential forward at either forward spot. So, eh. Now this is just my this is just me personally, but this is why I'm looking at the rotation. I have it here on my notes. So we have Denwitty, Neto, Holiday, Bo KCP. You can put KCP at the three. You can even put Bill at the three. Kuzma, Casper, Avadeji, Dejia, Hashimura, Bertans, Kuzma, Galfred, Harrell, and then Thomas Bryant whenever he comes back from his injury. Now, me personally, I like to. I would like to see them trade Bertans because I just think his performance, particularly um, in this postseason, was horrendous. I think when you get a kind, you get eighty million dollars, and you had a zero. Uh, that that's just that's disgusting to me. That that really is. Um, I feel like we, I feel like we can get something for that. I do, but uh, another thing I I was reading uh, Ben Simmons, uh, <laughs> Lord have mercy. Um, so apparently, from this article I was reading, and now I kind of see why I'm, I'm just I'm kind of just throwing my hands at Ben Simmons. 
He has reportedly cut off all communications with the Philadelphia 76ers. This is to, according to the article hot, hypebeast.com. So, according to Jason Dumas of K Raw 4 News, Simmons has stopped speaking to basically everyone in the Sixers, in the Sixers organization. The only line of communication opens with Simmons is reported through his agent, Rich Paul. Dumas commented on the tarnished relationship between the Sixers and Simmons, saying that it's basically now at the point beyond repairing, it's getting worse day by day. As trade discussions are continuing to be on a high, Simmons' main concern is supposedly end up in a bad situation. The athlete is willing to move to one of the California teams. He is, however, unwilling to be traded to the Toronto Raptors or Portland Trailblazers. Dumas also reports that Simmons' relationship with his teammate Joel Embiid is currently on the rocks. Joel Embiid has reached out to him several times since then, has not returned any of Joel Embiid's calls. After the um, after the, the disgraceful performance against Atlanta Hawks, I'm paraphrasing that, because they, because he, they, they, they were discussing, when you blow an 18-point lead and a 26-point lead at home, you lost three home games. Uh, <clears throat> Simmons', Simmons relationship with the team appears to, however, continue to sour. Following the loss, Simmons told reporters, we lost. It sucks. I am who I am. It is what it is. It's not easy to win. First thing I'm going to do is clear my mind and get my mental right. <laughs> May the Lord bless you. I, I, I mean, I, 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 you know, I, how how can you like like at at, at this point it, it's <sighs> it, it it's really just nothing you can do. This relationship's beyond repair. Like like I, I I've I've said it, I did a whole like 30, 40 minute rant on the Sixers. Like Ben Simmons, we're going into now years. And, and every year, like, if people keep showing me the same, that video, well, look, he's jump shot. That was a couple years ago. If he's if he's doing that and against whoever, you know, amateur basketball players, why is that not transitioning on the NBA court? Like, we shouldn't be talking about it. We shouldn't be at this point in a guy's career, as great as he is, saying, you know, where's the jump shot? We shouldn't be doing this. And for him to can cut off communications with, with the team, I communi- cut off communications with his ass first and traded him. Because at this point, what's the point? Ben Simmons is just a good player. And I didn't say this. This is what, this is what Jason Dumas, he wants to go to any California team. Hmm. Clippers, Lakers, Warriors. Because he bought a house, if I'm not mistaken that correctly. I'm saying that right. He bought a house in California. So that pretty much lets me know where he's at. But see, I I, I, I want to call out and give a shout out to Elliot Tinsley at the same time. You give this, you, 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 you coddle this. But you're on Giannis, you're on Giannis's ass. Like that that makes no sense to me. 
like we keep giving Ben Simmons passes and just you know what they just start calling out this this excuse my language this bullshit for what it is. Listen, Ben Simmons, number one overall pick. We could talk about oh, he was a great player at LSU. That's college. When you transition from college to the NBA, your game starts at zero. Last time I checked, the way he performed in Philadelphia, he, he like he didn't take a shot. And the question is. Is he, uh, uh, can he be a championship point guard for your team? No. Can he be a great player for your championship team? And me personally, I'm not playing with a guy like this. I'm not, I, I would not want him as a teammate. I'm sorry to say that, but that's just my opinion. I don't want, I would, I would, if I'm Damian Lillard or if I'm John Wall, no, I'm not playing alongside a guy like this. I'm not. If, we're, if it's going to happen, we're going to sit down with we'll a sports psychiatrist. We're going to figure out what the problem is. Did you just not want to be in Philadelphia? Did you feel like you should have been the man of the team? Like what? <laughs> the first thing I'm going to do is clear my mind and get my mental right. Seven games. Seven games. You didn't take a shot. Oh, by the way, you passed up a dunk. I don't want to hear that. Let me get off. Let me get off that topic before I say some stuff that I'm not. I, I regret saying. Let's transition transition to the team USA basketball. Um, so right now the women are lead. Uh, wow, it's halftime. It's the score is 41-23. Uh, like I said, I will recap that game in episode seven, which will be up this weekend, Saturday at the latest, even tomorrow. Be on look out for that. But team USA men's. They rallied past Australia. Big win. And now, this is it. This is it, ladies and gentlemen. This means it, this win marks a birth Saturday to get gold four in a row. Like, let me just say this. Nicholas Batum got France into this game with a, with a clutch block on Luka Doncic, who went off on the head of triple dub. The key the key is going to be the offense. Like we didn't, we 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 just spirit wise, we took it out of them. Drew Holiday and Kevin Durant show why I need to owe them an apology. I mean, they played some some great basketball when they were down fifteen points. Greg Popovich, I'm telling you, great coaches sitting down like this, and they're motivating guys. Come on, guys, play through adversity. Who's by the way, if they win this game, if they win this game, this go this game against France, that's another guy you want an apology to, because the way y'all have been on Greg Popovich has been disgusting. He's not the same Greg Popovich. Without Tim Duncan, he's nothing. 
and he should not have been the coach for this team. Y'all owe that man an apology. Now, we did lose to France back on the 25th. The final score was 83-76. How do you do that? How do you do that? What the hell is going on? Those guys are there. We got to come out ready. Now, I will say this about Australia. They were ready for us. Patty Mills, Joe Angles, and those boys. They were ready. You know, like, Kevin Durant had 23 points. Like, the biggest thing, like, especially, like, they missed their first 10 threes, which is really, uh, that was kind of hard to watch. But then... They closed the first half. It was eight nothing. It was eight or run, and then it was cut to three. And then Holiday and Durant. It was a Kevin Durant and Drew Holiday show, ladies and gentlemen. Holiday had eleven points, and then Durant made three. Oh, he made three threes and made a twelve or run. And they made a 20-0 run by the end of the second quarter. Now, the defense stepped up. Bam, Draymond Green. And they started, the shooting was they were 13 and 26. But for Australians, and then there was just an abysmal 3 of of 16. Like, I'm looking at the box score. uh, Devin Booker had a couple clutch threes. He had two. I think he had 10 – he had 20 points in the, as, in, the, in the whole game. And then, I mean, Patty Mills, only, you know, these last two games, only had, he had 15, but, man. <laughs> Woo! I can't wait to watch that France game. That's going to be a good game. That's going to be a good game. Now, the women. No, no secret. No secret at all. They played Australia. Uh, without Liz Cambage, this team was motivated. This USA women's team. Now, if you remember, they they the, the first time we saw them, you know, they kicked our ass. Now, we took no, no, we took no, we took no prisoners. The score was 79-55. But at halftime, it was like it was it was a blowout, y'all. Like I, I, I can't even t- I can't even like say I can't. There's not much to say. Like then the first quarter it was a 17-0 run, and then the first quarter it was like 20. It was 21 to six. Then it stretched. It was 48-27 at halftime, and then like, woo. 
I mean, like Brianna Stewart, Brittany Griner, Asia Wilson combined for 48 points and 17 rebounds, which is amazing. And then Brianna Stewart, Brianna, I keep saying Brianna, Brianna Stewart. She had 20 points going in and going in the half by herself. And then, I mean, the only thing I, I took away is Chelsea Gray, Super Danny Torres didn't play. But they did combine for no, they didn't play in this. They didn't play in the Las Vegas game against Australia. But they did combine for 17 assists. Uh, Leilani Mitchell hit four threes. Someone have my notes here. Kayla George had 11. But when they were outscored, the, the shoot, shooting wise, 45% compared to their 30. Um, and then they were out rebounded 44 to 38. And then they committed 10 turnovers. And then I had 10 in the first quarter just alone. Um, we won our we won the pool, we won the pool games by nine points. Uh, so that's great. I'm happy. Congratulations. Uh well deserved. Uh, looks like we're gonna get Serbia and then I think that's it. No, and then we have Japan and then France. So whoever wins. So it looks like how, how I'm understanding this. Whoever wins the France and Japan game, we face them in the finals. So well-deserved. Well-deserved, ladies and gentlemen. Well-deserved, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I have been really enjoying watching the basketball for Team USA. I really have. Uh, but it hasn't been easy trying to cover their games because like, they come on like late. <laughs> and sometimes I don't go to sleep till like three, four in the morning. So it's hard for me to like really kind of like stay like, okay, like, oh, that was a great possession by, you know, Super and Diana Tarasi. Oh, that was great this defense. It's hard to really watch some of these games because of just the, the time difference. It's really hard. So you have to forgive me. Uh, there was also. <clears throat> Excuse me, I wanted to talk about the Baltimore Orioles real quick. Uh, so we played at the, the Rays were home today. A couple things. We got former prospect Jorge Manteo from the Padres off waivers. So, I mean, we doesn't have Pat Valenka for an assignment. Uh, Matt Harvey has been he's, – he's, diff- he's been different. Pitching a little, pitching better. Uh, definitely stepped up his. He's definitely stepped up his game compared to the first half of the season. Uh, but again, like I said, I just think just having that break. I think just to get yourselves just mentally, physically rested uh, is key. Now, unfortunately, horrendous defense and disgusting bullpen work. Uh, just once again, this just reared, just reared its ugly head. Uh, final score we lost was 10 3. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
Like, I, 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 I really don't want to talk about the game. I, I mean, we just, we got our, like, we were up 3 nothing, and then they just scored 10 unanswered runs. I mean, just disgusting. So, disgusting. But let me, I, I do want to show you this clutch block. Nicholas Batum on uh, Luka Doncic. Let me just say this. You want the ball in, in, in Lucas' hands. 13, 14 seconds down one. This was just a great, this was this was just a great play. Look, stand with him, switch, picks him up. That's just a clutch. That is a clutch block. That that is clutch. You got you, you, you just gotta shake a man's head, a man's hand on, on a defense on a play like that. You just have to. You really do. But I'll also say this. The way they set that screen, that was, uh, but I, I, he couldn't, I, I don't think he could have ISOed on, on, Gobert, on Rudy Gobert. But also, too, Lucas got to, he's got to learn, he's got to draw the foul on that, on that play. He's got to draw the foul, the foul on that play. But it was it was a great. It, How do you do that? How do you do that? What the hell is going on? Okay, so I'm gonna close out the episode six. I want to give a shout out to my boy Russell Goodacre. We were texting, conversation. He sent me this article. He said. Read it and give me your feet and give me your thoughts on this. <laughs> oh my gosh. The first time Washington Capitals owner Ted Leonsis spent meaningful time with Alex Ovechkin after the 2004 2005 NHL lockout. Ovechkin, who had been who had been drafted number one overall pick by the Caps in 04, arrived at Leonsis' house to spend a day with the family. Leonsis' wife, Lynn, made lunch. Leonsis was impressed that the Russian superstar, then just 20, helped pick up the dishes afterwards and brought them to the kitchen. Afterwards, they played basketball with Leonsis' kids and a few friends. Quote, he was an unbelievable basketball player, Leonsis said. Ovechkin's mom, Tatiana, a two-time Olympic gold medalist in basketball. She was a good little basketball player. I actually looked her up. Good little basketball player. Then they went swimming. He was like a torpedo in the pool, Leonsis recalled. I'm not kidding. That's what it felt like. Then the two men sat at the pool and talked. Alex was making eye contact with me and was really listening, Leonsis said. I explained how hard this was going to be for him. The reason we were able to draft to number one is that we were really a bad team. And it was going to take us a really long time to be a good team. Our goal was to win the Stanley Cup. 
but also for him to live, to live a full self-actualized life and grow up with us. Ovechkin remained a captive, a captive audience. Leonsis then got philosophical. Quote, my belief that was the communities fell in love with a that communities fall in love with a young player, Leonsis told Ovechkin. And then they often get their heart broken when the young players want to leave. Leontes ended his spiel with a pitch. Alex, trust me. Let us trust you. Let's do this together. Ovechkin said, okay. He was in. Last week, the Capitals announced a new contract for Ovechkin, a five-year deal with an average annual of $9.5 million that will take him to the age of 40. Should he average 33 goals per season in that time, he will break Wayne Gretzky's all-time NHL goal goal-scoring record with 894 goals. Ovechkin negotiated the deal himself, emblematic of the trust he and the organization have forged for nearly over two decades. Quote, the idea of him playing in Russia or another, or playing for another organization just didn't make sense, GM Brian McLaren said. It is important that we, we brought back the tone into the negotiations that we are actually going to try to make it work. We wanted to, we wanted him to finish his career here, be happy about the contract, be happy about the term, and go out the right way. Here's how the story, how it all came together. Ovechkin has been a superstar ever since he stepped on the NHL ice. He scored 52 goals as a rookie. Two years later, he was league MVP. He was MVP the next season too. The Olsen was right. It would take a long time to reach their goals. Despite making the playoffs in 10 of his first 13 seasons, it took until 2018 for Ovechkin to help the Capitals to their first organization's first Stanley Cup. Ovechkin's impact off the ice was felt well before that. Quote, when I brought the team in 1999 from 8 Poland, I paid $85 million. We struggled to put fans in the stands, the also said. We had 2,000 season ticket holders and a 20,000 arena. The year before, I brought the team that had gone into the finals and couldn't sell out playoff games. The following year, they didn't make the playoffs, and renewals were terrible. After Ovechkin's first MVP season in 2017-2008, under for the first under coach Bruce Bordero, Bordero, the Capitals sold out all the playoff games. Quote, the next season we sold out every game, and we've sold out every game since then, Leonsa said. Now we are a top team, top 10 revenue team, and a top six or eight ticket selling team. we become a destination. Now I say the Caps are worth billions of dollars. The Cats realized the power of Ovechkin by the time of his three-year entry-level deal was expiring in 2018. Quote, when it was time for his second deal, the that, that was the standard deal template, they also said, Sidney Crosby signed his five-year deal, second-year five-year second-year deal. We had done something like that too. Team president Dick Patrick had other ideas. In a meeting with Leonces, Patrick said, "Quote: I'm very concerned, conservative, and very skeptical. 
And when you give these players long-term deals for a lot of money, sometimes they change. Sometimes their love of the game changes. I think there's something special here. So why don't we do something radical? Why don't we tell Alex we want to negotiate your bridge contract, your B contract, and your free agent deal all at the same time? Which happened to be a 13-year, $124 million contract. That was NHL's first $100 million contract deal. And then I think what was not like a couple years later, I can't remember his name. He tried to sign like a 15, 14-year deal, and and that just didn't work. Um, (laughs) Like... I, I, I don't want to continue. I, I'll, I don't want to continue to read on to this, but like, th- th- like th- this article, uh, like this is this is what really pissed me off. That we're, now, now we're getting now we're getting now here. Now here's the kicker. On Thursday, the Capitals held a news conference announcing the deal, and shortly after that, Leonsis pool was pulled into talks regarding the NBA's Washington Wizards a team that he also owns. Quote, we had a superstar player with the Wizards. He had an opportunity and wanted to be traded to the Lakers, he said. Leonsa said. And I was dealing with that. As we were announcing Alex, I couldn't help but self-reflect on what a difference it is. He's a great he's a great player in Russell Westbrook who played at OKC, wanted to be traded, went to Houston, wanted to be traded. Kenny D.C., want to be traded as now it's in LA. He's an unbelievable great person and an unbelievable great player. But that's the difference between the NBA and the NHL, I suppose. How ignorant and how stupid that comment was by Ted Leonsis, and it really lets me know how he truly feels about the Washington Wizards, the Washington Mystics, and he will always put the Washington Capitals first before those teams. I understand Alex Ovechkin, he built DC. Not disputing that. But when he came into this league, when he came as an owner, the Washington Wizards had Gilbert Arenas. Did I hear he make a comment about Gilbert Arenas? Listen, I need you to trust me on this. I need you to be all in for this. Do you do that with uh, a Clamonique Holesclaw when she was with the Mystics? No. John Wall? No. Bradley Beal? No. Uh, uh, when Elena Deladon was when she was traded from the Chicago Sky, did he make those kind of comments? No. Uh, even when they won the champ, when the Mrs. won their first championship in franchise history, did he come to any of those players? Tiana Hawkins, uh, Natasha Cloud, um, Emma Mieseman. We need you to. I need you to trust us to build a championship team. It's going to come. Any of those comments come out of his mouth about that? About like like with Alex Ovechkin? No. But it just really also lets me know, like, he's just not a great. He's just he just he care he puts he he puts more care into the the the, the, the Capitals before he'll put effort into the Mystics and Wizards. It's fact. Like. I was conversating again, but I get it. The Washington Wizards haven't been relevant since the 70s. Um, even when we had Chris Weber and, and Jawan Howard and, and, and Rod Strickland, 
and Rex Chapman, like George Mirasan, Muggsy Bulls, like that, that's great. But the Washington Wizards, before Ted Leonsis got there, what were they? The Washington Mystics, I think up until 2019, they only made the, they made the NBA finals once. Let me make sure let me make sure that fact that fact right real quick. Yeah, we had lost to the, we lost, I'm sorry, we had lost to them in the conference finals to New York Liberty. And Marion Sterling was our head coach at that time. And after that, up until when Coach T came to Washington, that was 2013, we had Trady Lucy, who I don't really think was a good coach. I mean, I think she was a, she just was not a good coach for the Mystics, in my personal opinion. She just was not. Um, consistently, other than 2016, where he didn't make the playoffs, he Mike Coach T, Mike Tabot, he's improved. He improved the Mystics. They got better. But did Ted Leonsis ever come out and say, you know what? Uh, Bria Hartley, Steffi Dolson. Taylor Hill, because these, these these were this was the 2016 roster. Where's it? Where's it at? Bria, Steffi, trust me. Let us trust you. Let's do this together. Did any of that come out of his mouth? Hell no. But before you people, before anyone comes at me and goes, well. Before he owned it, before he became owner, Abe Poland was like that too. They were worse. But Ted Leonis hasn't made it better. When you like change, like I, I, to me, like these owners talk about loyalty. Scott Russell Westbrook was not loyal to Ted Leonsis. He was loyal to Scott Brooks. That is a fact. Like, what are we, like, are, are you saying, like, yo, let me play this, let me play this clip real quick. At first, because it, it, it kind of, it, it just proves my point that we're going to close the show out. Like that, like that, like these, like this article really pissed me the hell off because it sat there and it really lets me know really how he feels How he feels about the the Wizards and the Mystics, and he would do more. Not again. This is not a slight on Alex Ovechkin. He 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 would he would put out more than he did. He didn't do he didn't do it with John Wall, Bradley Beal, uh, Crystal um, Crystal Langhorn, Bria Hartley, Steffi Dawson. Taylor Hill, 
first round picks that made an impact. When 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 when, when we had to unfortunately rebuild after the, the Gilbert Arenas fiasco. Come on now. Like, to me, like, to me, like, these comments, this is bad press because you know what an owner's job really is to do? Cut the check, get stay the hell out, stay the hell out of the media's attention, and just keep it quiet. That's what an owner should do. Like, why would you, like, why would he come out with these kind of comments? It really just lets me know how he truly feels about the Wizards and the Mystics as an owner. Like so these owners, like they, like they piss, like they, they really. Some of these owners really bother me. Like they're like it's an obligation to have to be loyal to you. No, I don't. I don't have to be loyal. Like. Let me just find the video real quick because my head's starting to hurt. Just even, just really even talking about this. Players in the NBA, but his trade to the Lakers now lands him on his fourth team in four years, leading some people to wonder why he moves around so much. Now, Wizards and Capitals owner Ted Leonsis had this to say about the departure of Russell Westbrook. Quote, we had a superstar player with the Wizards. He had an opportunity and wanted to be traded to the Lakers. And I was dealing with that as we were announcing Alex. I couldn't help but self-reflect on what a difference it is. Here's a great player in Russell Westbrook. He played at OKC, wanted to be traded, went to Houston, wanted to be traded, came to D.C., wanted to be traded, and is now in L.A. He's an unbelievably great person and an unbelievably great player, but that's the difference between the NBA and the NHL, I suppose. And I just want to clarify, when I said they were announcing Alex, they were talking about Alex Ovechkin, also a superstar in his own league. So, okay, Max, or no, 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 let's start with Sam here. Are Leonsis' comments on Westbrook fair or are they foul? They're foul. They're all the way foul. It's out of bounds. Those are uncalled for. Let's not forget, if you want to talk about loyalty, like Max, you love basketball. Let's talk about loyalty. Russell Westbrook is loyal. He stayed in OKC for 11 years. The only reason he left is because everybody else was gone, right? They and then also, too, with all due respect, what happened with the situation with OKC, we did not hold Sam Presti accountable like we should have. Okay, then let's talk about loyalty again in Washington. Let's skip over the, the last, let's skip over Houston, right? Go to, go to Washington. Go to Washington. The reason he wanted to leave is because Scott Brooks left. Like, he Thank wanted you. to go follow his coach. He wanted to go win games. And all of a sudden, he leaves because they don't keep Scott Brooks. And so if anyone in basketball is loyal, Russell Westbrook is loyal. I think that the owner of the Wizards is just salty because they haven't won in, in, in a couple years. They haven't been in the playoffs since. Before he got there, before this man on the screen got there, hadn't been in the playoffs in three years. Obviously, Alexander Ovechkin, superstar hockey player. But also, let's not forget, they won the Stanley Cup in 2018. Washington has not been winning. So 
he's salty because because Russell Westbrook's trying to go win a championship. But Russell Westbrook is loyal. He's one of the most loyal players in basketball. Okay, Sam Ocho, who's the brother of Emmanuel Ocho, pretty much summed it. I don't want to hear Max Kellerman talk because Max Kellerman sometimes just uh, it's, it's just it like like the point like basically the point I'm just trying to make show y'all on that is, is that his comments are flat out ignorant. Like the whole article, what he said, that quote about Russ was ignorant. Like I I, I don't know how much. Like, let me just say this, like. The Washington Capitals, since winning the Stanley Cup in 2018, why is it not working? Hold on. Bruh, hold on. That's, that's, that's just loading slow. I want to point. I want to point this out. Let me point this out to you. So, 2020, 2019, right? They lost in the first round to the New York Islanders. May I remind you who was the head coach of the New York Islanders that year? Barry Trotz, a guy that was instrumental in them winning the Stanley Cup. Then we lost to the Carolina Hurricanes 2018-2019. And then we lost in the first round of the Boston Bruins. So you let me know if you're so loyal, you talk about loyalty and you expect a player to be loyal to you. Shouldn't you be loyal to your team? Because a first round exit, not once, not twice, But you lost in seven games to the Carolina Hurricanes in the first round. You've been off of the first round three straight years. If you're the Capitals, and you talked about loyalty. But since you've been owner as a team, the Wizards, the Wizards haven't been relevant, unfortunately, because of one. Scott Brooks just was not a just injuries, inconsistencies, and not and, and unfortunately John John Wall got his contract, didn't couldn't didn't play for two years straight. Bradley Bill couldn't stay healthy. Okay, a drafting um not Otto Porter. Just 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 so so many blunders. 
Like, Telly Leonsis as an owner would say, you know what? Let me try to make this team relevant. This, I, I don't know about you, but like I said, these, these comments were flat out ignorant. Like we lost, the, we lost in the second round of the Pacers back in 2014, the Hawks 2015, the Celtics uh, 2016, lost to the Raptors in the first round, and then just got embarrassed by the Sixers. Telly Onsis hasn't done it, has, has not made his effort to try to make the team better. But we're talking about loyalty, right? If you if you want players to be loyal to you as an owner, be loyal to your team and do and, and do what's best to get your team to be to win championships. That's how that works. It don't work the way you want it to work. And with that being said, I'm out. Peace. You can kiss my ass. First of all, listen. Uh, it's interesting about all these young guys today. They never call on us and say, "Hey, thanks for the kind word and telling me how great a player I am." But when they play like crap and we call them out. They, we don't know what we're talking about. Listen, I'm easy to find, but I get sick of these guys complaining. Uh, these you, young guys, they never call us and say, when a coach is wrong, I'm going to call him out. But when players are wrong, I'm going to call them out. But listen, I'm going to criticize guys that they deserve it. And listen, they can kiss my ass if they don't like it. Let me just apologize. Didn't mean that in any disrespectful way. Just frustrating as a Wizards fan, Mystic fan, and a Caps fan. To, to, to really to read those kind of comments and that's the type of and that's and that's how he truly feels about two-thirds of his friend of, of, of what he owns that that I don't like that that's not cool the missions won a championship two years ago last year they didn't have two of their best players because they were in the bubble now this year injuries and again Trying to get everybody its eggs in the basket, because I, I said I still believe that Mystics come second half of this of this season, they're going to be the best team in the league, and they will win the championship, guaranteed. The Washington Wizards have something special building building right now. Give Tommy Shepard the credit that he deserves. But for you to once again talk about, well, Alex has been with us for two decades, and he's shown me loyalty. Russell Westbrook was here for one season. And didn't show me that. The Wizards were not even that great as a team in the first half. COVID inconsistencies. On top of that, you had a head coach for five years. Couldn't get your team over the hump. You're talking about loyalty. I'm out. Peace. First of all, listen, uh, it's interesting about all these young guys today. They never call on us and say, hey, thanks for the kind word and telling me how great a player I am. But when they play like crap and we call them out, they, we don't know what we're talking about. Listen, I'm easy to find, but I get sick of these guys complaining. Uh, these young guys, they never call us and say, when a coach is wrong, I'm going to call him out. But when players are wrong, I'm going to call them out. But listen, I'm going to criticize guys that they deserve it. And listen, they can kiss my ass if they don't like it. <laughs>
How do you 